0: what's up everybody welcome to the mxu video podcast episode five Cinco. five we've five. made it to five we made it to five i wonder if anybody's still listening will that we episode? make it to 10 i don't know <laughs> it'd be funny to see that's true yeah we should have like things we do it anyway maybe the people can tell us like what should we should do at like each little mile mark slide
1: into
2: jeremy's dms that's right yeah there we go
0: yeah um so how's everybody doing oh we're at Philo. Live from yes, Philo. Philo.
2: So it's by the Ross booth. Yeah.
0: We are uh, we're not audio guys. So if you hear a lot of background noise, it's because we're out here in the lobby. The ambience, it's yeah. energy. That's right. I feel like you're kind of cupping the mic there a little bit Jeremy. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm just making sure that there's no popping happening. So
2: It's great. Uh Zach, how are you? And I'm good. I'm doing real good. Yeah, excited, happy to be here. You know, life's good. Cool. It's been some, you know, a good few months for me. That's great. Yeah. But a lot see. of traveling lately, right? NAB, yeah. Now Philo, it was, it was nice to, to go to NAB in person, see everyone. Yes,
1: amongst the people.
2: Yeah, it was good.
1: It was good times. Uh, no way I can ship anything though, so it wasn't no, a, lot of, a lot of, not a lot of good uh, Still announcements. What, any highlights from NAB? Uh, I saw here. a few like behind the scenes secret things coming out yeah. soon that I don't know that I can talk about. Yeah, same. But
2: I was excited about. It them. was so, some very exciting video things coming. Some very exciting. <laughs> that's. Okay, if you coming. think about, like, there was
0: uh, 50,000 people that attended, like, this largest broadcasting trade show, and I s- ask you guys the highlights, and you're like, well, some secret stuff, and that's it. I
2: know. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, I on. mean, that, that, it does suck that the good stuff was secret, yep. but it's coming. Okay. And it's going to be very good.
0: Okay. Sweet. Uh. Cool. Um. Well, Philo is happening. Yes. We're here, which is great. I love seeing churches here and supporting churches, and – good turnout um, this year yeah it's fantastic so uh Rusty and I went and played top golf with my friend Clay Scroggins uh and that was a trip we had a lot of church guys hanging out with us at top golf and uh it's fun yeah um yeah and I beat Rusty recently in golf so. we, we already talked about that on a a different, podcast. Podcast. Yeah. a different one. But yes. You're just going to keep just milking that keep one, one until aren't you? we play again. All right.
2: Well, Yeah. it took keep... me to Top Golf at NAB, and I may have well just thrown my balls at the targets. <laughs> I still cannot hit a golf ball. Yeah.
1: For some reason, that Top Golf is the only place I can hit a draw. Yeah. It's because of those whippy shafts. Yeah. That's right. Anyway, it's not a golf podcast. Yeah. Not yet, so, anyway. Uh, okay, so
0: we're at episode five, uh, we're here, and we have a special guest today with us, listening to us banter, and yep. it is and- Andy Bentley. Hi, everybody. From Welcome to Elevation Andy. Church. Uh, Andy, why don't you uh, jump in, tell us your role, it's recently changed, right? Yep. So tell us your role, and then uh, we got a bunch of other questions, and really for you and Zach together, but... Yeah, so I am the broadcast support engineer,
3: um, my main job is overseeing the technology at our broadcast location, which is located in Charlotte, North Carolina, a little suburb called Ballantine. So if you hear about Elevation Ballantyne, that's probably what you've seen on video, YouTube, Facebook, all those that's usually what we're broadcasting out of. And so my job is to make sure that everything there is working and functional and that we're ready to go live on Sunday mornings or whenever else we broadcast out of there and, you know whatever else that entails. You know, yep. and then as ministry often does, whatever other uh, duties as assigned. You know how that goes. So that little that
0: little line at the end yeah. of every job description. That's exactly. like and all the other stuff. Yep. So yeah. you know,
3: I've been on staff for ten years, and so naturally, when you're somewhere for that long, different things carry over just naturally. And just my own passions. You know, I like to involve myself in in different areas and try to make things better because yep. I'm just passionate about what I do. So. Whatever I can uh, jump in and and help out, that's what I do. That's great. So, yeah. Ten years. One of my favorite things about Andy is that you started in lighting. Is yes, is that right. Yeah, I'm a reformed, you have been reformed. Lampy. Yes, <laughs> and I am now a idiot. Love that. And maybe one day I'll go to audio. Who knows?
0: Nah, 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 Oh nah, nah, nah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Let's not get crazy here. No, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, well, we just thought it'd be great. There, we get a lot of questions. Or I do, um, and I think a lot of us do questions about Elevation Church. Question about gear, and I figured. We have a time we're all together, Zach, uh, being at Elevation prior to his role now at SES, and then you in the grind at Elevation right now, Figure the two of you guys can talk kind of deep dive, but before we do that, I know it's like the gear question always is some, it's not, it is annoying sometimes because it's not about gear a lot of times. We won't, yeah. It's about how you use it and using what you have and all that kind of stuff, so the heart behind it, so what I'll say before we dive into it is mm-hmm. let's just take away that like it's the heart behind it and not everyone has to just do exactly what elevation is doing in order to accomplish what elevation is doing like use the tools that you have so um but i'd love to know and just talk about what you guys have what you guys do how you do it i don't know we'll just see where the conversation he goes anything else we that's some
2: killer background noise yeah. of that trash dumpster rolling by i know <laughs> address the elephant in the room yes that was a trash dumpster people yes
0: <laughs> rolling across a concrete floor yes hey so, ministry is messy that's so trash right trash has
3: got to get taken care of that's it's right of
0: ministry that's right um so i don't does that help set it up yeah i don't
3: know what yeah, else that's a
1: good it's a good like uh disclaimer okay that yeah i think all of us i would think all of this in this circle and all like yeah we we know that gear is not essential. Gear is just a tool. right? Um, but I also remember being that guy who was at, you know, just learning at a small church. And like, I just kind of want to know the gear so yeah. that I can learn that gear is not the only thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You kind of have to, you have to ask those questions early on to figure it out.
3: Well, it's fun. You know, we get into it because we like pushing buttons. Right. And we like gear and we like we learning like out things. about stuff. So that's, I think that's the natural draw towards talking gear specifically and I don't mind talking gear with people I I love it and I love getting ideas I think probably the misconception that a lot of people have is you know elevation has just tons and tons of gear just room fulls of racks full of gear that's really not true like right. for for what we do there's a couple areas that yes we we have a decent scale but there's a lot of areas where we're we're pretty small like we we don't do we we don't have Rooms full of racks full of gear. We have an equipment room. There's seven racks in there. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it, which sounds like a lot for some people, but you know, our last broadcast location had three racks. And before that uh, location, before was a couple more. So it's not, yeah. it, it's not as huge as I go to some of these organizations and see, I mean, massive server rooms full of routing, multi viewers, just massive amounts of infrastructure. And it's necessary for what they do, and what we have is necessary for what we do. Right. And so I think it just comes down to what is it that you do and what do you, what do you need that's really
2: necessary. It's not yeah, just about getting What do you actually need versus yeah. what's just cool? And I think that that's something that's very well done at Elevation is, is scaling to what is actually needed. Every piece of gear has a purpose, yeah. not anything just sitting just to be there. Yeah.
0: But to reiterate what you just said, yes, you guys don't chase what's cool. You chase what's very practical, like what is something like, let's just do what we need to do to accomplish our mission and vision. So,
3: yeah. yeah, I think the the challenging thing with gear is the mission always changes, and so I think when our when it comes down to gear selection, it is sorry. Let me rephrase that. The mission doesn't change; the strategy changes. Yes. So to say the church thing, the uh the the vision is written in blood; the strategy is written in pencil. Mm. So we always have to adapt to new strategies. And so, for us, there are certain things that you put in. You're going to put in a router. You're not going to swap that router every two, three years. Like, Mm -hmm. that needs to be scalable, flexible, adaptable. But, you know, if we throw a Mac Mini in the rack, that might change to a Mac Pro or an iMac or whatever. We need to be able to move those things around. And whatever it is, you can scale that idea up. But there are things that we need to be adaptable. Um, from the get-go and there are things that we can just swap out as the strategy changes but that's the biggest thing is making sure that anything we put a lot of money into is going to be able to adapt with the strategy. It's not going to lock us into one strategy. Yeah.
0: Yep. So let's dive into it Uh, because like we, let's, what what are you using for routing? Like it's, you know, cameras, if we want to think about it, we could think from like, you know, the lens, the glass, all the way through the system. So like, And then we'll probably stop and ask some questions here, or there, and you know, yeah, talk about some technical things because want to learn. So yeah, yeah. And I'll preface with I
3: am standing on the shoulders of giants. So there's a lot of people that have come before me and done a lot of work to build this up. You know, Zach came before me and did a lot of the design, um, initial install in. The in Valentine and then before him Brian my old boss did a lot of the initial design as well they collaborated on it I think I I asked for some lights but that was about it so when it came to the infrastructure I had very little say and so a lot of it is coming in and learning what we had in place and how to use what we already have and then making decisions moving forward long term you know I'm thinking. Five, 10 years down the road, okay, what kind of decisions on that scale am I gonna to need to make? And how can I go ahead and educate myself on what's where trends are? That was one of the reasons going to NAB a couple of weeks ago was so important because even if I didn't get anything else out of that, but seeing where trends are going, yeah. uh, that's enough. Yeah. Now I can know what do I keep my eyes on? What do I keep researching? Um, so that in five years, when we have to redo our video system to, you know, if we decide to go 4K, HDR, anything like that um how can i make the most economical decision the right at the right time um all that stuff so yeah if we talk from the glass though kind of to the to the screen um yeah we can ju- i can just spit no, all like no. a lot of the um we actually have a blend of of cameras so in the auditorium most people will see a fuji lens on a vericam body with a dts fiber back that's all going through simti uh Infrastructure, so that we can do power, signal, tally, all that stuff through single cable, which is great. Um, the fun thing is, though, for online, we're still using some decade and a half year old uh, Panasonic 3500s that we had from wow. the old, old, old broadcast. You mean you're
1: location. mixing stuff together? Yeah,
3: we are. Look at that. But by location, so yeah. outside, we'll use some 3500s for the pre experience for online, where it's a totally different segment, totally different feel. Right. Then we go into the auditorium and everything in the auditorium is varicam. Yep. So we're not actively cutting between two different camera bodies. But we didn't want to go out and buy, you know, ten varicams.
1: Totally.
3: Uh and then, you know, want to ask for more in a couple of years. So it's like, well, we have these thirty five hundred sitting, they still work. Let's go ahead and use those for segments where we can.
0: And you had those previously before your Varicams. Is that oh, yeah. how they you, you can't yeah. Yeah. So you upgraded the room.
3: With so you varicams. used what was just
1: sitting there.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly. And uh, we repurposed a couple others, so we have some floating, but yeah, it was uh i yeah, I would love to to upgrade those, and we might we might upgrade those pretty soon again, they're coming up on they might be coming up on twenty years old yeah I,
2: I think that they were bought in two thousand nine yeah, okay. they were bought right they were bought at the end of Matthews before Blakeney was open. I think Blakeney was open in two thousand ten, yeah, so um as much as I would love to get some new
3: camera bodies and some some nicer looking stuff, it's not necessary right now, mm. but we have works um.
0: But can, we, we probably will. Can I ask you about frame rates and stuff? So, in the camera, yeah. like what elevation has I grew up uh, learning about elevation and just this, this 24 look. Um, so, do you guys do 24 or are you doing 29 or 60 or like what do you, because Vericam's an interesting. Right, because you can do so. variable
3: frame rate and all that stuff. Yep. So we do the infrastructure is all 1080i 59i4. So okay. it's broadcast it's kind of traditional broadcast standard. The cameras themselves are running in uh 1080 PSF, progressive segment and frame. We were having a discussion about this at breakfast this morning about just the differences, and I'm still totally it's still a little bit confusing to me the difference yeah. between the two or like how it works. I understand the basic concepts, but I just don't totally know how it works, and maybe I don't need to. It just it either works or it doesn't. That's usually Stay my philosophy.
0: Tuned. Stay tuned for an- another podcast I'm about PSF. To, yes. to hearing
3: about those, right? But uh, so we're running the cameras natively at twenty nine nine seven progressive segmented frame, okay. ten eighty progressive segmented frame. So we will we'll flip those into variable frame rate at twenty four occasionally when we want it to just look a little bit different, do something right. more creative. But we actually started kind of sticking with the. 2997, um, actually, the beginning of 2020 when that thing happened and everybody was live streaming. Yep. The one kind of big decision we made was to stick with um, 2997 so that it felt more live. Because I think people see 24 frames a second and they assume it's pre recorded because mm-hmm. you just don't see that live. So we decided to stick in the twenty nine nine seven so that people at least felt more like it was live, even if it wasn't, at least felt like it was it was happening live in real time. A lot and a lot of times it was. We were pretty intentional about being live yeah. uh, as much as we
0: could during uh that thing. But so can we talk a pause? You mentioned variable frame rate, which is I think it's a panasonic thing. Other yeah. other manufacturers do it now too. Okay. So yeah. maybe Rusty, can you just give us a brief overview of the whole variable frame rate thing? Yes.
1: Um yeah, so I, I mean, I first dealt with variable frame rate and like in film world, you'd get a camera right and you could, you would over crank it or under crank it if you wanted to do slow-mo or, super, like, or like fast mode kind of shooting. So you would put a camera in native 24p, but then you would shoot it at 60 frames a second so that you could slow it down later and get actual slow-mo. And I think that kind of idea is kind of what's coming to Live World. So we can but kind of the inverse. So you can put the camera in 59.94i, but then internally in the camera head, change it to 24 or 30, um, and it's doing some crazy pull-down science inside the camera head to give you that look of a more filmic 24p look or a 30p look, which is like a nice in-between, I would say. Good compromise between the two. Um, but then putting that out over the SDI in you know 1.5G, 59, 5994i, so that all the infrastructure works nicely with it. Um,
0: because just so everybody understands... You cannot take 24, a native 24 camera and put it into a router, video right. switcher. That's a 1080i system. Yeah. So
3: yes. Math
1: doesn't work. Yeah. Yes, That's The definitely. frames will never line up. Right. It'll just it'll yeah. be haywire. It'll go yeah. wreak havoc.
0: So inside the camera, they're doing a uh, certain mathematical equation, essentially. Yeah, so duplicating frames to make it line up. So it's, yeah, yeah. So the camera's outputting what you the flavor it need the system needs. Yeah, and the inside the camera it's doing the creating the look. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, which is a cinema camera thing now moving into broadcast cameras. So the thirty five hundreds don't do that. Mm-hmm. That's what right. I think. Right. So, so yep. they
3: have that that live sports broadcast you know look, which again for the context of where we use them is fine. Yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah, because we use them for separate. Totally separate segments and totally separate rooms. Um, and it works great. It's economical. They function, you know. Yep.
0: So cool.
3: Yeah. That's uh, on the camera side, that's the big kind of broad
0: strokes overview. So currently you're running at 29, just to set the record yep. straight.
3: Yes. 29.97 <laughs> PSF. 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 Yeah. Okay. So it looks, I think it's a good balance of yeah. looks not soap opera ish, but right. it's not so choppy that you get sick whenever there's a fast you yep. know, movement. And Pastor Steven moves really fast. If we were running that in 24, 24 you, P for talking sick, heads.
0: Is,
2: which we also, I don't think we ever ran talking head. Not for, not for the yeah, no. We, we flipped it in and out between right. worship and sermon. Oh, that's, a, that's, a very, that's a, that's a very,
0: that's a very
1: cam thing. Yes. Yeah. Well, you they can, toggle start on and off. You, on can yeah.
2: you can change it without having to power
1: cycle the camera. Yeah.
0: So there would be a certain moment, I guess during a service that yep. you would just tell a shader op or something to change. Exactly. Yeah. And cut to a one shot that we
1: already flipped over and yep. then change the rest while we're okay. there. We like cut to a wide shot for that transition and then yeah. meanwhile the shader person's on yeah, exactly. the Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. Cool.
3: So that's cameras. Um and then graphics and stuff, you know, a lot of it is uh pro Um graphic sources is either ProPresenter, uh expression, Resolume, any number of of things. But those all run in 1080 natively. Again, the 1080i 5994. Then we get to routing. So routing and multiviewers, kind of the big infrastructure stuff is Everts. So we have an EQX 16 and um MVP system for multiviewers. Um and this is where probably a lot of this was where initially in the design of the building, that was one area where we went from Blakeney having a smart video hub 144 by 144 to going to a completely other extreme wow. at Ballantyne with, you know a proper broadcast router and multiviewer system and something you'd see in a, you know, uh, not necessarily to this small of a scale, but stuff you would see in a, in a news, news broadcasting. What were series? some of the reasons
1: yeah. for that? Other,
3: other than just, we need a lot of IO. I mean, that was the biggest thing was the IO. There wasn't many manufacturers that made a router at that point that had that amount of IO. Yep. And then on top of that, Having something that is modular, card-based, that we could buy the frame and as many cards as we needed, but be able to add cards later, scale it, not have to drop, you know, a million and a half dollars to build a fully built out, have a fully built out routing system from the get-go, but drop as much as we needed right now, then buy cards as we needed to upgrade it, so about That's like was thing. like
1: customizable multiviews
3: important or well yeah and that was the other thing i, mean, I think having the router and multiviewer on the same is the same manufacturer from what i'm kind of picking up that seems like pretty standard practice because otherwise you have to burn a lot of router outputs right. to get them into your multiview system so um with everts they have a proprietary cable called x-link that lets you do basically 32 outputs off the router off of basically like a fat uh almost printer cable looking thing <laughs> yeah. and uh that's thirty two inputs into the multiviewer and uh the their multi viewer system's pretty powerful and this is the old one too. Their new one's even better. Um but the customizability of being able to build whatever scale or do whatever you need to with the pips and audio yeah. meters and a lot of stuff with just tally and alerts, things like that, um, was pretty important to us to be able to monitor because we don't have, you know, eighteen people watching everything leaving the building. So we need Help as much as we can, monitoring all those feeds and checking for errors, checking for low audio, anything like that. So that's something that the Everts uh, system does that a lot of like the smaller scale stuff just doesn't. just yeah. doesn't offer. Um, that's so, the but but yeah, it's Everts for that kind of
0: core infrastructure in the middle there with routing and multi viewers yeah. so, and and MADI routing as well. So routing wise, so video router is basically taking one signal and piping it into like to an output to a destination of some sort right so um and I, I think multiviewer gets overlooked a lot of times so how many multiview uh like multiviewer head is a term that yeah. we talk about and that's like one composited layout of multiple different video signals yeah on one output so how many of those like different layout or multiviewer heads do you guys what did you start with did you grow into more that kind of thing i can't remember what we started with
2: we started with a. 32 by 2 and a 16 by 2.
0: So explain what it that means. Four heads,
2: basically. Yeah, so 16 inputs okay. to the, 16 or 32 inputs to the multi-view and have the capability of two outputs. So you can take those 16. Two unique inputs, layouts. 32, yeah, and do two unique layouts. Um, and I think the system now is up to three or four 32 by 2s and then two 16 by 2s. So whatever that equals out. It's like 100 and something pips. Yeah. yeah. You
1: have to be kind of strategic about those 32 inputs on each head. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's not always,
3: I need 16 on this one, 16 on the other one. Sometimes I need 20 on this one. That leaves me only 12 on the other one. So I got to be careful about,
2: you know, if I share too many. So. And there's a couple of them that just the second output's not even in use. It's just was strategically done for for one display and has however many pips on it. So, yeah. getting
0: into a like our uh, enterprise level or broadcast level router platform allows you to have these type of upgrades where you like scale into yeah. more, yeah. as you grow.
1: I, I remember a, a passion conference, right? We have a we bring in a big TV truck, and the systems in those trucks is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you start asking about how many multiviews can we make, and they throw out a number that's yeah. like mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> right, it's pretty awesome.
0: Yep. All right, so everts for multiview and routing yep and you mentioned uh maddie audio so you have maddie coming from your audio system i guess yeah so uh
3: off the top of my head i can just throw out i mean pretty much any any video source that needs audio routed to um routed to the consoles goes through um, and the the everts router has specific cards for embedding and de-embedding so you can Uh, Any inputs that go into that, those uh, audio channels are accessible to the MADI router, and then we've got MADI inputs and outputs on um, all the desks, monitors, broadcast, front of house, um, broadcast A2, which is basically all video, host mics, anything specifically for online. Um, so, but this isn't an audio podcast, so I'm not going to go any further. Into
0: that. Well, I will. So the say,
3: routing side of it, yes. You lost me at audio, yeah, at yeah, Maddie. Yeah.
0: Well, I was going to say one thing is, so your audio system is at 96 or 48 because we get that all the time. Oh, 48, uh, 48. Yeah, yeah. okay. So the video system will always be at 48. So I know that's a big thing every now and then, particularly as video yeah. world and audio world continue to get closer and closer together. Yeah. So, uh, right. Especially now in digital audio world of AES 67, 2110, Maddie. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the uh and this is
3: kind of off on a rabbit trail of the cost versus payoff thing, yeah. you know, the resources it takes to do 96k in terms of when you're capturing hard drive space and um when you're broadcasting the number of inputs and outputs and stuff that it scales down. It and if you put a normal person in front of two different mixes, one at 48 and one at 96, I don't know how many people could tell the difference i know i can't and honestly that's how i make all my decisions (laughs) (laughs) i can't hear a difference so you know yeah Yeah. uh but yeah so 48k and a lot of like youtube and facebook they they they're gonna crush that down to 48k anyway
1: somewhere it doesn't matter
3: live would probably be the only place you might be able to hear a difference if you have a really trained ear and you have a really good engineer and a really good pa and everything's tuned really well so that's um, a good word yeah
0: um all right so switching Switching, yeah.
3: yeah. switching. So uh, that's where we get back to Ross. Yeah. We got a Ross Acuity. Hey-o. hey yo, yep. so we So uh, we, uh, we do have a lot of Ross infrastructure, um, a lot of open gear frames and cards, et cetera, all that stuff. But, um, yeah, the Acuity is um, the main switching platform. We have that uh, configured for five MEs now. Um, the crazy which, thing which is, is a lot. It is a, a lot. lot. a lot. The crazy thing is the crazy thing is the auditorium all runs off of one ME. Okay, actually, um, that's the nice thing about the acuity is you can do split programs, and so we have uh, you can have eight keyers on one ME. We don't need that many for IMAG, so we have uh, program A with keys one through four that drive IMAG. Program B with keys one through eight that drive the big center screen for
0: graphics and scaled videos and stuff like that. So let me break that down for some folks. So every ME in in a large uh, like format switcher, every ME has two mix engines. Yep. So we can do cut, auto trans, T bar, all that stuff. So uh, what you are saying, in program A and program B, that's basically mix engine one and mix engine two on ME1. Yes. Um, so people understand, like, get their head wrapped around it. Yeah. So you a lot of people call it a split ME yeah. function, and some other manufacturers have other you know, names about it. But, yeah, that's what you're using as one ME as two mixers. Yeah. Okay. So that's, again,
3: the acuity gave us the flexibility to be able to say, hey, we can stick with this platform for a long time, and if we need a one ME switcher with eight keys, we have it. If we need basically a two ME switcher with four keyers a piece, we have that and we haven't changed any hardware, Right. Uh, right. the software. And that's a big thing with Ross It's like software defined, right. being able to change things as your workflow changes. Um, so that's a cool thing with the acuity. So what and are that the platform. four other MEs doing? Um, uh, software online, you know, they're needy online over there. <laughs> they need four more MEs. Now, so ME2 and... and this is where it's like, again, strategy. This is how it is now, but we're probably going into a season where I'm going to rethink some of this. So right now we have ME2 driving any onset display. So if we have a display on that's having a Skype call or a splash or something on there. We'll drive that like from ME show. Yeah, we'll Outs- drive outside
0: that. Outside of the auditorium, on a set somewhere.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah. depending on like Wednesday mornings, we have a TV on set that always has either a Skype call or splash or some graphics yeah. or something. And so that'll just kind of standardize Onset TVs come from ME2. Okay. Um, ME3 we usually use for two boxes that we can prep so if we do an interview that has a like, full screen two box um, we can prep that in ME3 and be able to take that uh, in real time on ME4 ME4 is kind of our main cut for online so we'll basically go between the auditorium cut that's happening on ME1 with all the auditorium cameras or we'll go straight to a host camera or we'll, um, you know, we'll throw some graphics on that and then ME5 is kind of uh, downstream doing some two-box effects for the pre-experience. If you watch our online experience right now, we're doing this thing where on the left, we have this uh, B-roll of all the basically just cameras that we're cutting 10 minutes before. We're just showing people walking in and mm. energy and stuff like that. And on the right, we have our actual online pre-show. So on the right, you're seeing the cut from me 4. On the left, you're seeing the cut from ME 1, and that's all being spit out of me 5. So that we can independently control each of those two cuts, but not have to worry about messing anything up or cutting in a key or something like that. So it's kind of some really complex, and again, that's the the acuity, the decision to start with the acuity, and what did it start with? How many ME? Three. Three. Yeah. So the decision to keep adding this stuff, you know, with the acuity frame, you want more MEs, it's either software or you, you know, depending on what ME you're adding, you might have to slide a new card in or whatever. But that allowed us the scalability to be able to, down the road, I think we can go up to six. So I'm not even sure if we would need to do that. But yeah. if we did, you know, it's scalable. So That's good. I have a couple of thoughts or questions. Yep.
1: So how many directors? Two. Yeah, because it
0: seems, you know. I just hear yeah. a lot of complex. My head's kind of right, spinning so on two like, two the directors, control room is yes. like.
1: Are they also, like, and two TDs? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... And TD being the person who punches the buttons. Yes, exactly. Right, being Calling the show. Yeah. So the one uh,
3: for Ballantine. So we, so we do have two panels. Um, right. Obviously, it's it would be impossible to do this without. Uh, honestly, it's tough to do what we're doing now. That, that is probably our next bottleneck is the panels, the actual control for the, for the switcher. So um, we have one panel dead center that can have, it's two stripes, so it can have two MEs worth of control on it at a time. And then we have a smaller panel next to that that is just one stripe, so it just has ME one. You want to rent a car and just
2: take Jeremy's demo double dash? Yeah, demo. we
3: got it. i and a couple things over
1: here that might help out. It's wild yeah. to have five so, MEs in use but only have a two stripe panel as your yeah. max.
2: Panel. Yes, uh, custom controls come
1: in handy.
3: Yeah. yeah, custom controls, dashboard, a lot of stuff that you can do with the Ross infrastructure to kind of hack that, which is nice. Um, they allow a lot of control from other other areas. Yeah, um, we're at, at Willow here. They have a four stripe yeah that's real nice and then the
1: extra little thing on top yeah, uh, yeah it's pretty ox, nice
0: ox panel ox
3: panel. i will say
1: that I, as you were talking i was like admiring i think it's really smart how you're kind of defining what emmys do it's mm-hmm. really volunteer friendly so yeah. they know Emmy 3 is always used for this and it's not chasing down what emmy are we doing the two box on this right. week. you know that, that's that's really clever yeah.
3: yeah yeah and it's gotten to the point where on wednesdays we have an onset tv and so our td just knows to go up and change that top stripe to Emmy 2 it's awesome, yeah. And then on the weekends, if we're doing a two box, they know we'll switch that over to me3 in case they need to, to change a
1: source or something like that. But yeah. uh, one more question, sorry, Jeremy. Yeah, no, go. This is my world. Yeah, do it. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm kind of think, thinking through your workflow. I'm trying to think, could I do this on a carbonite or you know, a smaller oh, right. scale switcher? And yeah, probably it's just depends on how many keys you have active at one time,
3: right? Yeah, because the um, you know, the hardware, and I guess it just comes down to how many me's you can add on a carbonite. You're the rust guy, what's the
0: how many ME's you can go. have on a Carbonite? Yeah, yeah. So you can have two full MEs and then four mini MEs. Yeah. So and it depends th- on your how many keys you need.
3: There, there are a lot of things that we could do. So if I had to do this with a Carbonite, my ME2 that's doing the Onset TV would just be a mini ME. Right. Yeah, you don't, it's need- basically just usually preview and background. It's just a mixed bus with yeah. yeah. Um, My ME3, most of the time I could do with a mini ME because you get two keys, So I could do a two box yep. with a mini ME. Um, my... What I'm doing with ME5, I couldn't do with a mini ME, so I'd have to use another full ME for that.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, all that to say, I think what I'm trying to get at is you don't need an acuity to do some really awesome. Yes. There is a lot that right. you can do. A lot of switchers do. can do some stuff. To be creative.
3: Yeah. When I, I kind of cut my teeth when I first started getting into the video, you know, post-lighting when I kind of saw the Lord and I got into video. Uh, amen. I, I cut my teeth on the uh, Carbonite. And really tried to push that thing because everywhere else is carbonites. Yeah. All the other campuses are carbonite, whether it's the Solo, which is like a few, I don't remember how many inputs on that, but it's pretty scaled down. Yep. Um, Two, I think we have an Ultra at one of the campuses. But all those have a lot of the same resources available, and there's a lot you can do with them yep. um, for not a lot of money too. So I tried to just squeeze out as much resources as I could out of the, the carbonite and then when I was able to do this on acuity, I was like, oh, this is easy. Yeah. Like, I got
0: plenty of resource. Yeah. It all comes back down to, to when you have five MEs, you're probably using a lot of inputs. Yeah. Cocurrently or like simultaneously. So like when it comes down to a small, small uh, switcher versus large switcher, it all really comes down to um input count a lot of time. right. So like our Carbonite line and other manufacturers have a very similar where it's like very fixed IO. There's no upgrade. Like you can't just add a card. Yeah. So that's why things like Acuity and others, you can add inputs. So as you grow to the fifth ME, you're like, well, crap, I need 50 something inputs. I don't know how many right. inputs you guys have on your switcher. Which 60, 60. Which are not
3: all right. in use. Yeah. But it can. It's all, not it.
0: co-current. Like you're not using all those sources at right. one time somewhere. Right. At one time they
3: were right. all that in use. <laughs> at one time. That use X thing that we did. I uh, needed yeah, the we, bigger
2: frame with 100 inputs. Yes.
3: That's, we squeezed yeah. a lot out of that thing. And we were also doing, you know, I was dynamically changing bus maps and, and having to get fancy with routing different inputs to the – and that, that's another point between the switcher and the router, the, the interconnection between the two. Other than the um, – a couple basically key sources and cameras one through six, I think, are hardwired to the switcher. Mm. Every other input on the switcher is routable. So whenever I need to change the input on
0: that, uh, uh, whatever the source on that input, I can. It's because you're in your system. You have more than sixty sources. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Which means you only have sixty inputs on your switcher. Which means you have to basically you've installed tie lines. Right. To have access to those more. So how many inputs do you have on your router? About I mean, two hundred. Right yeah, now. 200. So you have two hundred sources that may need to go through your switcher in any certain moment, yep. potentially. Yep. And so you have these tie lines that yep. give you that ability. Right. But I don't need to cut to any of those sources or
3: all those sources on the switcher. Time. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, yeah, but that's that's acuity world. And then um, kind of once we go from there to delivery, um, there's a million different directions. Well, I guess we
0: could go at What that. I see, and I think a lot of, folks who will be listening to podcasts when we see elevation on the web because we're yeah. not in the room uh we're going to see a lot of wh- i call it whiz bang and like really cool engagement like graphics and things that are happening in the right. way you're doing engagement with graphics and different uh, yeah. camera sources at the same time so what's doing all that like what's doing the compositing what do, how what's doing what we see you're just trying to push expression.
3: Right now? no, no, oh, no. Just I, trying, I'm, like, no, I'm boxers, just trying to say that's what we see. I, <laughs> you do see yes. a lot of expression. I try you also to see stay. a lot of pro presenter. Yeah, you yeah. see a lot. Of, you see a little bit of everything. So you see everything from expression, which is like the server grade broadcast industry standard um, graphics engine. I like um, to think of it as like After Effects in real time. Yeah, that's, that's a great right. way to put it. It, it really is because I and actually. Like I got to confess before I was a lighting guy. I was also a motion graphics guy. Okay. Oh, so man. getting into expression was really cool because I was like, oh, I can do this animation and I can do this, these graphics in real time with, with data that's changing dynamically. Somebody asked me the other day, why, why we use expression versus like Pro Presenter. And I was like, well, we, we do use ProPresenter for lyrics. We still use it for scripture for a lot of things, but there are certain things that we do with a lot of dynamic data that we're pulling in from spreadsheets or changing on the fly. Like our graphics team is not going to make lower thirds for us every week with just a little bit different text and spit those out as PNGs. We just need to be able to type in this this person's name and be able to take it to air. So that's what expression is really good at, is really quickly, dynamically changing data and pulling it, mainly
1: pulling it in from different sources. Especially like the, the, the chat feedback stuff you guys do, right? So someone can yeah. type something, you can type it in, it'll show up on the lower third. And... Exactly. Because a lot of that stuff you can
3: also still do with Presenter. You can type yeah. in in a name slide, and you can dynamically change that and stuff like that. But when it comes down to pulling data from the internet, from, like I said, Google Sheets that other people are managing, doing tickers and stuff like that, um, Expression is really good at that. And then getting into some really complex... I mean, we don't even use it probably at 10% of what you can really do with it other than just kind of like distributing. We, have, we, we run a lot of outputs to be able to distribute those graphics to different uh, destinations. But uh, with stuff like they're using it for sports broadcasting and stuff like that. They're doing 3d graphics real time and the team stats and are updating real time. Like usually when you see something like that, that's expression, that's not somebody sitting in after effects, exporting 18 different, you know, team graphics in real time. So yeah, that's why we use expression. Um, and that's what a lot of the kind of fancy stuff you see is. But like I said, ProPresenter, it has its place as well. Resolume Arena, you know, we decided not to go with a big media server like Green Hippo or D3 or something like that a while ago. Because, again, it was the last time we did that, the hardware was obsolete in a couple of years. And then it was going to be $80,000 to upgrade that. And so I was like, well, this is pretty low impact. I mean, it's graphics on a big LED wall. But at the end of the day, we can bail out of that if we need to. So I'd rather just buy some off-the-shelf hardware and some software that's like a few hundred bucks that has just as much flexibility as I need and do creative graphics from that. So you see, that's where kind of every extreme from the off-the-shelf hardware and the software you can buy online to expression, the industry standard, professional grade stuff, we, we have
0: a purpose for for all of it. Yeah. And Zach, I remember a story you telling me, like you used ProPresenter instead of expression for a long time. Yeah. You guys were, you kind of like did a proof of concept essentially and yeah. then you're finally like, okay what we're doing works. Now we need
2: to solve some Mm of the workflow. We needed more flexibility with it and that type of thing. And just, yeah, ultimately it came down to the flexibility of what Andy was talking about on the fly adjustments and and tweaking um, and like not clicking pro presenter at exactly 10 minutes out so that the timer would land when we actually needed it to. And if the op accidentally clicked something else, we just couldn't do the timer again because the timing wouldn't be right. Now with expression, it's locked to building LTC and it's set to hit zero at 9.30, and that's what it does every single time. Right. So it's things like that. But yeah, I mean, fully figured it out of what we wanted to do with the resources that Elevation already had before making the purchase of Expression. Yeah. So, I mean,
0: you don't have to have all the whiz bang technology in order to like dive in, yeah. you know, and get started and yeah. prove like, okay, cool, this is great. This helps
2: engagement. Mm now let's go make our lives easier. And yeah, I think that's probably things. what a lot of people think is like, oh, Elevation just spent however many thousand dollars right. on Expression because they can. Like, yeah. Now, you didn't see the behind the scenes of what happened for probably well over a year before we ultimately made that purchase.
0: Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, anything else? The, the lobby is about to get re- really loud because I think a breakout is ended. Um, anything else we need to talk about as it pertains How to How many
1: cameras? We didn't oh, yeah. talk about that.
0: In the auditorium, we have...
3: Uh, seven. We usually cut six and then we have one kind of getting B-roll of the audience um, that we don't cut to live. We just gotcha. use that for archive after the fact. When we have another, we have an eighth Vericam that floats around um, for some online segments. Um, it's kind of a shared camera. And then we have four 3500s that are doing those pre-show segments right. or welcome or post or whatever it is. But
1: for the most part, yeah. people watching on online for the worship. And For the message, six usually seeing so six cameras, Yeah, be yep. surprising right.
0: to a yep. lot of people, right? Yeah, because you you guys make it look like a million cameras yeah. Yeah. in the room,
2: and I think that that goes a lot down to the design of the room and the, how and the director. The directors do a really uh, good job. A lot job, of people, yeah. you know, feel like you need a ton of cameras to get a, a good vision, yep. but you don't, you just need a good director. I mean, yeah. and that's saying that sitting here with Rusty, who right. cuts passion in the arena, and he uses a ton of cameras, but it's a huge Massive. space right you know and it's all about scaling to what you actually need you know there it's there's a lot of people that have rooms smaller than elevation twice the amount of cameras and right. would argue with a wall that they need that many and it's right. just all about you know leveraging what you have and and just casting the vision yeah i know you've always been really good about kind of preaching the like how many cameras do you
3: really need yeah. and how to how to make the most of the ones you right. have and I, I appreciate that yeah, yeah. so uh
0: so my last question is we've walked through a lot of this cool the system that you have you have it because it serves a purpose for the vision yeah um but i think people listening be like holy crap that feels very complex but you guys how how many people are on staff operating versus how many people are volunteer operating that what we just walked through um we have a
3: percentage wise it's probably 10% staff okay so it's probably Ten volunteers to one staff member. Okay. Maybe that that ratio is probably a little off.
0: Maybe we're like seven to one. But like the operators, people like camera ops or volunteers?
3: Camera ops, TDs. We have one director that's either a staff member or a contractor. Okay. um, That is usually directing the auditorium cut, the sermon, just because of that being archived and, and being, you know... majority of what the people are seeing The main thing we usually have somebody contract or staff that volunteers on the weekends they're not a staff member that does that but they are a staff member that volunteers on the weekends to do that that's
0: that's cool yeah so they're a staff member but their sunday director job is not their position right got it yeah we do not have a staff broadcast
3: video director that's great i mean
0: that's awesome for people Um, to know yeah
3: yeah we have um Uh, either a staff member or volunteer or a staff member or contractor running lighting Um, combination of staff contractors and volunteers running audio between those positions and um, a couple of staff producers, but then everybody else is volunteers. That's awesome. I mean, ultimately, yeah, they are the, I, I I hate doing anything like this without mentioning how important they are to, to who we are and what we do, because I mean, obviously we, we couldn't do it without them. And, they bring really good attitudes too. Like there's yeah. some there's some um, some volunteers that have been there for decades at this point mm-hmm. uh, that are um, that are so committed and and they they encourage me honestly. Yeah. I see them absolutely walking on Sundays and I'm like, man, if their
0: their level of commitment yeah. challenges me,
3: excited to, to be there. That.
0: Yeah, that's all. Awesome. Bring even more so. All right, so if people want to get in touch and learn more about elevation, uh, what you just said is awesome. I think people need to learn from you guys about your volunteers, how you lead them, and all that kind of stuff. I think it's awesome. Um, they'll follow you on Instagram. Yeah, yeah?
3: Instagram is probably the best place. I don't okay. post on there often. Okay, um, I occasionally go on there to,
0: you know, look at stuff. We didn't talk about this before, so I was hoping it's okay. But anyway,
3: <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, out there, a Ig. Okay. Um, that is my. Uh, my username and yeah, I mean you can uh, direct message or follow. Like I said, the last post you'll see is probably from two years ago, so don't. <laughs> I, I might get back. And into if he
2: doesn't it. respond, DM me, yeah. and I will yeah. text Andy and say you should check your DMs because someone's <laughs> trying to get a hold of you. That's
3: right. Yeah, maybe. That's right. But uh, yeah, I'm always down to to answer questions. Again, the big thing for me is um, you know I'll kind of I'll go on a little bit of soapbox real quick before okay. we wrap. is I, um, I love helping people. What I hate is when people just ask if they can come shadow at, on the weekend, uh, because and they might have very good intention for it. But I'm always like, well, what do you want to learn? Like, mm. what's what's your purpose for wanting to come visit? Because I want to help people as much as the next guy. Sometimes what might be helpful for you is not to come and shadow on the weekends, but maybe it's just chat during the week. Yeah. Or and right. sometimes we can't like there's certain things that we just can't necessarily let people just come in video control on the weekends and i hate i hate telling people no right but when you ask if you can just come shadow the 930 experience on sunday morning in video control
2: uh, it's not chaos but it is like a newsroom yeah. it is busy and yeah, it's people it's really tough focused. To, to
3: accommodate that kind of yeah, thing. yeah. so um, so as much as i can help i will yeah um, and and there are some people that i'll make exceptions for i'm not going to lie but yeah if uh, so you're saying they need to make A really compelling
0: reason a good compelling pitch but if you want to come and Uh, visit
3: or if you're like hey i want to come by elevation what's great is if you can sit down and think about okay what are the things i want to accomplish what are the things i want to learn and why yeah Mm -hmm. rather than just coming in and looking at all the stuff that we have and you know not having any direction to that anytime we go anywhere we always try to make a list of like what are the things what are the goals that we have for this visit or this trip um and what can we get out of this so That'd be the right. big thing. But again, I, I love helping people. I'm willing to help however I, however I can. So yeah, just send me a DM and ask questions and I'll do my best to answer. Or awesome. yeah, DM Zach probably. Yeah, yeah. He can answer more questions now.
0: Well, uh, all right. So the breakout just finished. People are walking around, so we better get back to hanging out with people. Uh, yeah. So this is fun. Thanks yeah. for being here. Thanks, yeah. Andy. Thanks for yeah, inviting thanks, me. Andy. I appreciate it. So talk to y'all later. Peace. All right. Later. See ya. seen or heard anything from MXU, you've probably gathered that we care deeply about helping you create healthy teams. We know that you have a lot on your shoulders, but you don't have to bear it all alone. MXU can come alongside you to help you recruit volunteers and bring them on board in a healthy way. With our platforms, you gain back valuable ministry time as we take over the bulk of training from entry level to advanced concepts in audio, video, and lighting. Keeping your team healthy should be a priority at any church, and a healthier team means a healthier you. Start building a healthy team at GetMXU.com.